Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. Colgate presents Bill Stern. With the Colgate Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapery Man is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapery Man with stories rare. Take his advice and you'll look clean, you'll get a shave that's smooth and clean, you'll be a Colgate Rushless fan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bill Stern speaking from Washington, D.C. and bringing you the 239th edition of the Colgate Sports Newsreel. We've come to Washington tonight to interview our special guest, Mr. J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI. But first, real one, portrait of Mother's Day. On Sunday, the day after tomorrow, the nation will celebrate Mother's Day. All over the nation next Sunday, sons and daughters will honor their mothers on this day. For some mothers, though, this coming Sunday will be a sad day. For their boys are far away this year, in either the Army or the Navy. I know of one mother whose son is now in the Navy. She may not hear from him on Sunday, but he'll be thinking of her. Maybe he'll also be thinking of another Mother's Day five years ago when he and his mother were the principal characters in a strange sports story. With Mother's Day coming up this Sunday, it's appropriate that we tell this story tonight. I said it was a sports story, and it is. For you see, it's about Bobby Feller. Do you know who Bobby Feller is? Well, if you don't, Bobby Feller was perhaps the greatest baseball pitcher developed in the last 20 years. I say was because Bobby Feller's in the Navy now. However, before he joined the Navy, Bobby was the star pitcher of the Cleveland Indians. He was voted the most valuable player in the American League. His pitching record is one of the greatest of all times. But our story starts five years ago on Mother's Day, when Bobby Feller's team was playing in Chicago. Bobby Feller had already decided that the nicest present he could give his mother on Mother's Day was to bring her from her home in Iowa so that they could be together on that day. Hence, our story really starts... Early on the morning of Mother's Day, 1939, when Bobby Feller greeted his mother as she arrived in Chicago. They were both very excited. For Bobby, it meant his mother would be close to him on this Mother's Day. For Mrs. Feller, it was her first chance to see her famous son in action. Young Bobby Feller took his mother to the ballpark, seated her in the grandstand, left her with a kiss, put on his baseball uniform, warmed up, and then began to pitch. Every pitch brought a thrill to the former Iowa farm boy. For wasn't his mother watching his every move? Mrs. Feller's heart swelled with pride. What a Mother's Day present this had been. Here she was watching thousands upon thousands pay homage to her son. She sat spellbound as the early innings wore away. On all sides of her, people were talking about her son. She wanted to stand up and proudly shout, That's my boy, my son! 
but she remained inconspicuous, just one among a vast throng of 40,000 people. Then, then it happened. Bobby Feller wound up, let go a burning fastball. The Chicago batter swung, the ball hit the bat, not squarely, but just enough to deflect the terrific speed of the ball towards that packed grandstand. Women screamed, men ducked as the ball came rocketing into the stands. But out of all the assembled thousands, it struck only one person, a quiet, kindly lady who tried to remain inconspicuous among those thousands. That ball struck Mrs. Feller. The ball pitched by Bobby Feller had struck down his own mother, hit her in the head, dropped her like a bullet. You can imagine how Bobby Feller must have felt. He was at his mother's side in a second. He carried her tenderly to a first aid station, saw her taken to a hospital, prayed and prayed hard that no injury would result, and none did. And only when word came that Mrs. Feller was going to be all right did Bobby Feller return to that game and go on pitching. That night, a somber-faced youngster sat staring into space. His mother was talking. Bobby, you must forget this. I'm all right. Shortly afterwards, Mrs. Feller went back to Iowa... And the story of the most unusual Mother's Day celebration was ended. This coming Sunday will once again be another Mother's Day. Bobby Feller's now at sea in the Navy. His mother's in Iowa. And yet I'm sure on this coming Sunday they'll both be thinking of another day. Another day five years ago, when a baseball thrown by the famous Bobby Feller struck only one person out of 40,000 people watching a ball game. And that one person was his own mother. And it happened on Mother's Day. Real two. Off the screen, Flash Gordon, the great water champ, is Buster Crab. About the time that the other babies were learning to crawl, Buster Crab was learning the Australian crawl. This great Olympic swimmer held 16 world championships. You see, cutting speed records is a lifetime habit with Buster Crab. So naturally, he's a booster for Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. You're right, Bill. And men, here's what Buster Crab writes. I just spread on that Colgate Brushless straight from the jar. No wasting time rubbing, soaking, or brushing. I pick up minutes right there. Then, once over lightly with my razor, and I'm on the last lap. Finally, I duck my face and razor, and I'm under the tape for a fast, smooth, easy, comfortable shave every time. A real championship shave. Thanks a million, Bill, for putting me in the swim with Colgate Brushless. You hear that, men? Colgate Brushless Shave Cream can help solve your stubble trouble, too. Because it's made for you fellows with tough whiskers and tender skin. The second you smooth this light, fluffy cream on your face, it gets to work. Softens your beard right down to the skin line so your razor can skim the smurf surface clean and close without snagging or pulling. Let me tell you, my fellow shavers, Colgate Brushless is no quitter. It stays moist and active, clear through your shave, leaves your face clean and smooth, your skin mighty comfortable. I wish you'd prove this. Yeah, go ahead. Try Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. If you don't say it gives you a clean, cool, comfortable shave every time, send the top of the carton to me, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey, and I'll see that you get double your money back. Get Colgate Brushless shave cream and get it tonight. Reel 3. Colgate's camera close-up of J. Edgar Hoover. Tonight we've moved the whole show to Washington, D.C., to interview one of the most famous men in America, the man whose job it is to track down spies and gangsters. And here he is in person, the famous head of the FBI, Mr. J. Edgar Hoover. Good evening, Bill. Good evening, sir. What sports do you like the best? I've always been interested in baseball and boxing, basketball and wrestling. I know that you are an ardent sports fan. But tell me, Mr. Hoover, 
Do you encourage the members of your FBI to take part in sports? Indeed I do, Bill. We have a Federal Bureau of Investigation Recreational Association. Just for that purpose. We have a pretty fair softball team, too. You mean, Mr. Hoover, that the members of the FBI have a ball team? Not one ball team, Bill, but about 40 ball teams. They play their games at night and on Sunday mornings. That's amazing. Do the members of your Federal Bureau of Investigation make up any other athletic teams? Certainly. Last winter, we had about 12 basketball teams just from our organization. Mm, Mighty good, Mr. Hoover. Mighty good. Now, tell me, what other sports do your FBI men and women take part in? Well, we're very proud of our organization's bowling record. You mean that you still have time for bowling along with investigating everything the FBI has to investigate? Yes, we do, Bill. Last winter, we had 12 bowling uh, teams with over 1,000 bowlers, all from the FBI. And we still have time for all of our investigations. Well, sir, if you're looking for the best shave cream, just investigate Colgate. (laughs) Seriously, though, keep up the great work of the FBI. It was a real pleasure tonight to bring this show to Washington to interview you. Thank you so much. Good luck and good night, J. Edgar Hoover. Good night, Bill. Good night, sir. Real four. Profile of a bike race. This is the story of a bicycle race. The strangest ever held was a bicycle race that took place more than half a century ago, but it left behind a mystery that still haunts the sports world. Shortly before the turn of the century, bicycle racing was one of the most popular sports in America. Hence, on July the 12th, 1890, a tremendous crowd gathered at Colchester, Connecticut to see the National Bicycle Championship races. 38 of the most famous bike riders in America started in that race. It was a bitter and a furious battle, with three bike riders staying out in front from the beginning to the end. As these three pounded into the stretch, the crowd roared its approval, everyone waiting to see which one of the three would win. Closer and closer, the three bike riders came to that finish line. And then, then it was all over. All three bike riders had gone over that finish line side by side. The race was officially declared to be a triple tie for first place. It was an amazing finish to the race. Never before had two, let alone three, bike riders tied for the championship of the United States. The papers were full of it. And so, all three men, Paul Heller, John Simons, and Red Dowell were all duly declared on July the 12th, 1890, to be the co-holders of the Bicycle Championship of America. That 12th of July, 1890, went down into sports history. The passing of time might have dimmed that date if something strange hadn't happened the very next year. For the very next year, on July the 12th, the first anniversary of that date, Paul Heller, one of the three bike riders who tied for that championship, was found dead. It seemed extremely strange. Not only had three bike riders tied for the championship on a certain date, but on that very same date, one year later, one of those three had been found dead. Another year rolled by, and then, strange as it seems, once again on the 12th of July, another one of the three bike riders, John Simons this time, was also found dead. Now the papers did make a big story out of it. It seemed incredible. Three men should race to a triple tie on the 12th of July, and then two of these men should die on succeeding 12th of July. Everyone watched to see what would happen to the third man on the next 12th of July, but nothing did. In fact, nothing happened to him until seven years later, when he, too, was found in bed, dead. And he, too, had died on the 12th of July, the anniversary of that triple tie. 
The public demanded an investigation after this, but nothing much came of it. And so this fantastic mystery was never solved. That is, it was never solved until one day three weeks ago when an old man died in Argentina. His name was George Matisse, and he left behind him a strange farewell note. It read, 54 years ago, three men tied for the bicycle championship of the United States. They finished in a straight line, all three going over that finish line together. But that was no mere coincidence. They did that to keep me from winning. They knew by finishing that way I couldn't get around them, nor could I go through them. I hated them for that. And so I took my revenge by poisoning all three on succeeding 12th of July, the anniversaries of the date of that race. Signed, George Matisse. Well, that's the story. As soon as we heard it, we began checking into dusty old records to see what there was to it. We found that three men did tie for the bicycle championship of the United States on July the 12th, 1890. And each one of the three was found dead on succeeding 12th of July. We also found that there was a bike rider in that race named George Matisse, and that he did come in second, and that years later the same George Matisse had sailed for Argentina, and that was the last heard of him until this confession turned up. Does this confession explain why three men tied for the bicycle championship of the United States? Does it explain why they all died on anniversaries of that date? Does it finally solve the mystery? Frankly, I don't know. What do you think? Real five. Bill Rippey. So you think your face is different? You think your whiskers are tougher than the next guy's and you can't imagine anyone with a skin as sensitive as yours? Well, millions of men are that way. But here's how they make their face behave through a shave. They use Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. It's made especially for men with wiry whiskers and sensitive skin. A few strokes with your razor and your face comes clean without snagging or pulling at no after irritation. And you'll be happy to hear Colgate Brushless isn't greasy or gooey. It rinses off your skin and razor easily. Why not treat your face to a championship shave tomorrow? Get a generous jar of Colgate Brushless Shave Cream tonight. Now back to Bill Stern. Real Six, our Colgate Candid Camera catches the story behind the story. Exclusive Hollywood, California. Late this afternoon, exactly three hours ago, the lovely Hollywood movie star Miss Linda Darnell landed overseas. She will entertain our troops not by singing or dancing, but rather Linda Darnell is carrying with her complete newsreel pictures of last year's Rose Bowl football game. New York City, New York. Pat DeSico, husband of Gloria Vanderbilt, who was in his fourth nightclub brawl this past week, might do less fighting in the night spots and more fighting in the right spots. And that's the 3-0 mark. Tonight, we've been broadcasting from the city of Washington. Next Friday night, we'll be back same time, same stations with another Colgate Sports Newsreel. Our guest next Friday evening will be that great star whose band is heard nightly over this network, Mr. Fred Waring. Be sure and be with us at our usual time next Friday night when we present as our guest one of the most famous orchestra leaders in the world, Fred Waring. See you then. And until then... I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now until the same time next Friday night, this is Bill Stern saying good night from Washington. 
Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapery man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapery man, had lots to say. He told you tales of sports, he rose the inside dope, he really knows. So listen in next Friday night. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. This program originated in Washington, D.C.